tonight. Book of Nehemiah, chapter number 13. Take time to find in the Word of God. Book of Nehemiah. Appreciate you being here on a Wednesday evening. Got a little chillier today than what it has been the last few days. Telling somebody that I was over at the fellowship hall doing a little bit of work. And I was over there around noon or so. And all of a sudden I came out at about 1 or 2 o'clock. And it was a lot cooler than what it was when I went in there. And so temperature dropping. But thank Thank for those that have come out uh, this evening. And uh, something the Lord has laid upon my heart from the Word of God that uh, I want us to take a look here in the book of Nehemiah. And hopefully it will uh, be a help and a reproof and a blessing to us tonight. When you find it, stand together, those that are able, for the reading of the Word of God. Nehemiah 13, and we're going to start reading in verse number 4, uh, down to verse number 7. And then um, we will continue on. Um, to be able to read in verse number 10 and verse number 11. The Bible says in verse number 4 of the chapter, And before this, Eliashib the priest, having the oversight of the chamber of the house of our God, was allied unto Tobiah. And he had prepared for him a great chamber, where aforetime they laid the meat offerings, the frankincense, and the vessels, the tithes of the corn, the new wine, and the oil which was commanded to be given to the Levites and the singers and the porters and the offerings of the priests. But in all this time was not I at Jerusalem, for in the two and thirtieth year of Artaxerxes king of Babylon came I unto the king, and after certain days obtained I leave of the king. And I came to Jerusalem and understood of the evil that Eliashib did for Tobiah in preparing him a chamber in the courts of the house of God. Now skip down to verse number 10. And I perceived that the portions of the Levites had not been given them, for the Levites and the singers that did the work were fled everyone to his field. Then contended I with the rulers and said, Why is the house of God forsaken? And I gathered them together and set them in their place. From this passage of scripture, I'm interested in the phrase in verse number 11 where Nehemiah says unto these rulers, Why is the house of God forsaken? I want to deal with tonight some things that happened even before this particular circumstance took place in verse number 11. So... With that in mind, the title of the message tonight is this. Long before you forsake the house of God. There's some things that will happen in your life and can happen in my life long before we physically get out of church. And with that in mind, hopefully I can be a warning to you tonight that we make sure we keep certain things in our life so we'll stay right where God wants us to stay. Let's pray. Heavenly Father... Lord God, I sit so desperately, Lord, that I need your touch tonight. Oh God, I need the Holy Ghost of God to be able to help me to be able to preach this particular passage of Scripture. God, there is no doubt that the devil would love to be able to get all of God's children distracted and God get them in a place where they don't realize how cold they are growing in their life, spiritually speaking. And God, before long, we will see those go out of the house of God never to return again. Lord, that's already happened in some people's lives. 
Lord, may it not happen in the people under the sound of my voice tonight. Use it, dear Lord God, for your honor and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I want us to take a look in this passage of Scripture. First of all, the object that is presented unto us. In verse number 11, we just read the phrase where he says, Why is the house of God forsaken? The object presented is the place of God's house. I'm thankful for God's house. Amen. I'm thankful that we can come to the house of God and be able to meet one another with one another and be able to hear the word of God preached. I'm thankful for that. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter number 4 and verse number 17, For the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it first begin at us, what shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel of God? There is no way that we're ever going to be able among those that are lost without first God moving among His people here at the house of God. If Tower Hill and Pena and Shelbyville and the surrounding areas are going to be reached with the gospel, it's going to come from in the walls of a good Bible-believing church. And you're going to get strength from the Word of God and the Holy Ghost of God in here to be able to go out there and tell people about Jesus. And that's why there in 1 Peter it says, Judgment begin at the house of God. We must examine ourselves to be able to see are we doing what God wants us to, to do. So because we are talking about the house of God, no doubt we can use the parallel and the application to this place. I understand in this New Testament day in which we live, God no longer dwells inside of a building or inside of an object but He dwells inside of a people. I'm thankful for that. Amen. He dwells inside of you and dwells inside of me. But there is something special about when God's people come together in the place that has been appointed for us to come and to worship the name of the Lord and receive instruction from the Word of God. So we see that we can apply this passage of Scripture to the church house. But that's not the only thing we can apply this to. The other object presented that we can have here in this passage of Scripture is also a picture of the believer. Because the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter number 6, verse number 19, What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? Thank God we have the Holy Ghost living inside of us. And so the application here is not just to the house of God, the church house, but the application here is also to you as an individual that you need to keep some things in your life to make sure you're staying close to God so you will not kick God out of your life. So we see the object presented. But then in verse number 4, I want you to see moved in. Verse 4 says, And before this, Eliashib the priest, having the oversight of the chamber of the house of our God, was allied unto Tobiah. We are introduced to this man by the name of Eliashib the priest, and he has control over the chamber that is in the house of God. But we see in this passage of Scripture that there was an alliance that should have never happened that took place here in verse number 4. The man of God and the of work 
have come together in agreement. You say, preacher, how do you know that? Well, if you know your Bible and know the book of Nehemiah, you know that Tobiah is not a friend of God's people. Tobiah is not a friend of God's work. In fact, he is an Ammonite that opposed the walls being built that God sent Nehemiah to be able to rebuild in Jerusalem. In fact, if we don't have time tonight, but if you were to go and read the book of Nehemiah, you would find out that Tobiah, along with Sanballat, uh, these two men were against the work from the beginning. They tried to deny the work. They said, ain't going to happen. Said, there's no way you're going to repair all these walls. They tried to do, in our modern day terms, tried to do a fake news campaign. Amen. That's what they did. They tried to say, there's no way you're going to be able to get these people to be able to rebuild these walls. They tried to deny the work. But then once the work started, they didn't stop there. They tried to delay the work too as well. I mean, here's Nehemiah. And the people trying to rebuild the walls according to how God wanted them to do it. And they sent a letter unto, unto Nehemiah saying, Won't you stop the work and come meet us in the plain of oh no. And I love that phrase, love that name of that place. Because Nehemiah pretty much said, oh no, I ain't coming. Amen. <laughs> you look at the geographical of that. Look it up sometime. I mean, Ono was way away from even where Sanballat and Tobiah were from. They were trying to get Sin, uh, Nehemiah on a wild goose chase just to get him to stop and delay the work that God had done. So they tried to delay the work. Then the walls were completed. God got done what he wanted to get done. And they didn't stop there and acknowledge it. No, they tried to discredit the work. They said, if a fox went up on that wall, it'd fall down. They're saying, it ain't going to last. You may have put a wall together, but it ain't going to stand. And they tried to discredit the work. What I'm trying to tell you is, is Tob Tobiah was not somebody that the children of Israel, let alone the priest, should have been friends with. But we see an alliance to it says he was allied with Tobiah. And here he had an alliance that should have never happened. And because of that alliance, in this passage of Scripture, in verse number 5, it says, And he had prepared for him a great chamber. He made an apartment. That way the enemy of God could move in. Hey, no business whatsoever being in the house of God. No business whatsoever that somebody who's opposed the work of God should be able to have this chamber. Notice here, he had a status that wasn't deserved. It says in verse 5, and he prepared for him a great chamber. It wasn't just a little closet. It was a big chamber. I mean, he gave him a big room. This was a status that was not deserved of this particular individual because he tried to discredit the work of God. And in order for to give him this great chamber for the enemy to move in, look what happened. It says in the rest of verse 5, where aforetime there laid the meat offerings and a list of things. Hey, hey, listen to me. Eliashib had to throw some things out of the room in order for the enemy of God 
to move in. The Bible says we're aforetime. Brother Miller, that means that they did have a place in that chamber. There was some things that were in that chamber that should have been in that chamber. But Eliashib took them out. So that way the can move in. And may I say, child of God, long before the enemy moves in and gets you into that place of defeat that you should never be as a child of God, there's some things you're going to throw out of your life. So with that in mind, I want us to three the obligations thrown out. Now, we have a list in verse number 5 of the things that Eliashib threw out of that great chamber for Tobiah to go in. And I'm going to do something a little different tonight. I'm going to deal with each one of these particular things that were in this chamber. But I'm going to start with the bottom and go towards the top. You say, preacher, why are you doing that? Well, just to keep you awake, if nothing else. Amen. And number two, you'll see by the time I get done why I saved the first one for last. But let's start at the bottom. It says of in verse number five, these obligations that were thrown out of this great chamber. The last one listed says, and the oil. The oil was thrown out of this great chamber long before the enemy of God came in and took up residence. And may I say, child of God, that oil is a picture of the Holy Ghost of God in the Word of God. And long before you forsake the house of God, long before you allow the enemy to come in, you'll throw the Holy Ghost of God out of your life. Now, I'm not talking about you'll lose your salvation. I'm not talking about how the throw the Holy Ghost of God out where you can die and go to hell if you're saved you're always saved hallelujah but I'm talking about walking in the spirit you won't walk in the spirit anymore you won't allow him to control your life long before you forsake the house of God no more walking in the spirit no more working in the spirit no more worshiping in the spirit you'll throw that out long before you forsake the house of God hey listen to me everybody that has ever left here at Dobbs Baptist Church and has decided not to come back to church at all long before that happened I guarantee you sometime in their life they decided that they weren't going to listen to the Holy Ghost of God anymore they weren't going to listen to him be able to control their life and they took matters into their own hands and started operating after the flesh and started doing things the way they wanted to do it long before they forsook the house of God they kicked the Holy Ghost of God out. They kicked the oil out. It was there before. It was a foretime. It was in their life. It was in their life of a believer. And now it's not there anymore. I told you that the house of God here is represented of two different objects. So not only does a person kick out the Holy Ghost, but churches can kick out the Holy Ghost too. And there's some... They literally have Ichabod written over the door. Spirit of the Lord hath departed. Oh, they're still going through the motions. They're still singing hymns. They're still got a preacher getting up and talking from the Word of God. But the Spirit of God ain't within 40 miles of the place. Uh, there's no conviction power of God. There's no conviction that happens. And they're like, hey, I, I don't want to spend a whole lot of time here because i got other things to go on to. But may I remind you... And if the Holy Ghost of God is going to be present in our church services, you know who's going to bring them in? You are. Amen. 
Because the Holy Ghost of God is the one that lives inside of you and me. I told you earlier, he don't dwell in a place. Amen. He dwells in a people. And if, he, if God's going to move and the Holy Ghost of God's going to move, Jesus stood up at that great day of the feast. I believe it's in the book of John. And he come unto me that are thirsty, I will give him to drink. And he talked about that how out of him shall flow rivers, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. And the Bible says that he spake of the Spirit of God. He said, everybody that believes on me shall out of his belly flow rivers of living water. Hey, hey, the only way that the Holy Ghost of God is going to flow through the church house when sinners that need to get saved is going to come from children of God that bring him in. So if we're not filled with the Holy Ghost of God, he ain't going to move. So churches can also kick him out too as well. Notice the oil was taken out and the obligations for us so the enemy could come in. Look at the next one. We're going from the bottom to the top. We see the oil, but going backwards it says also the new wine. Now wine in the Bible is a picture of worship. Is a picture of godly worship. We see here that they kicked out the new wine. Oh, yes, we see that we can look into the Old Testament and find out about that drink offering that was offered unto the Lord and is a picture of worship. We could also think about the new wine that was put into old bottles in the New Testament. There was a parable that was given about that. And the Bible talks about that if you take new wine and put it into old bottles, that it will eventually bust and won't be able to contain that new wine. So that's why people put new wine into new bottles. You say, preacher, what's that a picture of? We need godly worship to be in the new man and not in the old man. We have a lot of people nowadays that are trying to worship God with the old worldly ways. And God said, no, you need a new divine nature to be able to worship me. Hey, long before, long before you forsake the house of God, godly worship will go out the door. Oh yeah, the Bible says that we need to worship Him in truth. He says in John chapter 4 verse 24, you know this verse, God is a spirit. And they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in Our worship better have the Word of God based in everything that we do when we worship. We need to make sure that our worship is based upon the words that we find in this book. It's not just what you feel. You know, listen, I, I think I said this Sunday. God made us emotional creatures. He did. I, that, that's how God made us. And I understand that whenever I got saved and now that I'm walking with the Lord and with Him... I'm not saved because of a feeling that's in my soul. But hallelujah, because I am saved, there is a feeling that's produced inside of me. And I can worship Him in spirit and in truth. Hallelujah to God. We can have truth and also have a feeling at the same time. Amen. Glory to God. That's why we sing the songs that we do. I said it the other day. We've shouted pride over these songs long before we get up and sing them. Because if they're not a blessing to us, why would they be a blessing to you too as well with us singing them? Glory to God. We need to have truth in godly worship. Make sure, make sure the songs, make sure the worship that you do lines up with the Word of God. Also, it says not only worship in truth, but we also, our worship needs to be spirit-filled. The Bible says in Ephesians 5, verse number 18, And be not drunk with wine, where is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your hearts 
uh, to the Lord. We need to make sure that we're filled with the Holy Ghost of God when we worship. Hey, the world out there today in the so-called worldly churches, they may have a spirit when they worship, but it's not the Holy Spirit. I've been around music my whole life, good godly music. Uh, Me and my brothers grew up around that. And we have had an interest in in music ever since I can remember. My wife grew up around good godly music and has had an interest in music ever since she can remember. Many people ask her when she started playing the piano, three years old, I think I said two, somewhere somewhere in there, started playing or tinkering around with it and um, has been playing for that long. God just put it in us for music. And so because of that, I kind of keep my ear to the ground of what music's being produced out there. I got a phone call from somebody I know here a while back and told me and he said Jeremiah said I heard a song the other day, an old song that somebody redone in one of these ecumenical churches and they put it out on YouTube. He told me, he said, go listen to it. He said, man you sing that in camp meetings and jubilees around the country and I'm telling you what, it'll get on. I said, okay, I'll go listen to it. And I started playing that, and I'm like, ooh. I'm like, this has some spirit, but it ain't the spirit I'm used to. I got through about half of it, and I saw people bobbing their heads. And I saw people swinging their hair back and forth, guys and gals. And they were going like crazy, and I'm like, they got some spirit. And I recognized the song. I remember it was an old song from years ago, but the way they did it, I didn't recognize it. And so I just... Chucked it up and said, I ain't never listening to that again. (laughs) And just went on with my life. Well, all of a sudden, I was sitting in a church service several months later. And there was a group that got up that tends to go a little worldly with some of the songs that they picked. And I was sitting there, thinking that they were getting up to sing anyways. All of a sudden, they got up towards the end of their time of singing And they started strumming and playing the intro to this song. I recognized it immediately. And I looked at my wife and I go, surely they're not going to do this. Sure enough, they did it. We were in a camp meeting. We were in a camp meeting where the glory usually comes down. And I'm telling you what, shout, people cry, people go to the altar. You think? That if something was going to work, it was going to work there. I mean, people were just in an attitude of worship. And as soon as they started singing that song, you could hear a pin drop. It got quiet, Brother Miller, all of a sudden. And I'm just sitting there like, Lord, when is this going to be over with? And they got done singing it, sat down, and I did not envy the preacher that had to get up after that and be able to thank God it wasn't Amen. Got up to be able to preach. And the very next night, that group got up to sing again. And before they sang the first song, they said, we want to apologize. We don't know what happened last night, but something didn't go right. We're going to try to do better tonight. I said, glory to God, they recognized something didn't work. Amen. Hey, hey, you got to worship the Lord in the right spirit. Not just a spirit, but the right spirit. And the Bible says there in Ephesians that we got to be filled with the Holy Ghost of God to be able to worship. Hey, long before you let the enemy in, you kick out godly worship with the Spirit of God. Hey, by the way, worship must magnify the Creator 
more than the creature. Let me say that again. Worship better magnify the creator more than the creature. And there's a lot of things going on today in the name of God that are magnifying the creature doing the praising and the worship and not the one that they supposedly are worshiping to. Bible says in Psalm 66 verse 3, Say unto God, how terrible art thou in thy works. Through the greatness of thy power shall thy enemies submit themselves unto thee. All the earth shall worship thee and shall sing unto thee. They shall sing to thy name. It's not about the one singing. It's about the one we're singing to. Long before you forsake the house of God, you'll find something to worship, but it won't be godly worship. And that, unfortunately, has happened in a lot of churches and a lot of believers' lives today. Let me just go ahead and say, I'm not here to deal with it, but child of God, be careful what music you listen to. It affects you. It affects you. Yeah, oh, it's no big deal, preacher. Yeah, there's a reason why Lucifer was ahead of the music in heaven. He knows how powerful music is. You better make sure that you got the right one. I need to move on. We see here the new wine going backwards. It also says the tithes of corn were thrown out. Now that corn, if you study this, many Bible students have different ideas of what this is a picture of in the Word of God. But after my study, I believe the Lord has confirmed upon my heart that this be and I believe is a picture of the blessed word of God you say how is that well remember when the children of Israel they came unto Canaan land and they finally crossed over Jordan before they got to Canaan land they had manna that was feeding them every day but then they got to the new land they got to Canaan land and the Bible says they ate of the old corn of the land. That means that corn was already there waiting on them when they finally got into that picture of the spirit-filled Christian life. And may I say that the Bible says forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. This is the old corn of the land that we need to be feasting on. We don't need anything else to satisfy us other than the word of God. And long before you forsake the house of God, you've kicked the word of God out of your life. You've decided it has no place. You may not have meant to. It may not be something that you woke up one day and just threw it off to the side and said, I'm done. It may just gradually got out of your life. But let me tell you something. Long before you forsook the house of God, this Bible wasn't as precious to you anymore. We see that the uh, corn was taken out. Hey, this is what feeds us. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse number 2, He's talking to a preacher. He said, feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, not willingly, not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind. How is a preacher supposed to feed his flock? From the Word of God. This is what feeds us. Not just idea. Not just something you can get from Oprah or Dr. Phil or anything else like that. Hey, that has no place in the house of God. The Word of God does. That's where we need to get. The feeding for us to be able to grow. Oh, we must have the Word of God to be able to grow spiritually in our life. And long before you forsake the house of God, you'll kick the Word of God out of your life. Now look at the next one. I hasten on. 
not only do we see the tithes of corn, new wine, and oil, but going backwards it also says, and the vessel. You'll take the vessels out of your life. I believe this is a picture of the people of God. The vessels. God uses vessels to be able to get His job done. He will fill an empty vessel and use them for the cause of Christ. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 2.20, But in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and of earth and some to honor and some to dishonor. You study that passage of Scripture and you'll find out that those vessels are a picture of the people of God that God's going to use. Hey, I, are, you, are you usable to God tonight? Are you a vessel that's meat for the master's use? Are you able to be able to be filled with the Holy Ghost of God? Say, long before you forsake the house of God, you'll get rid of godly vessels in your life. Hey, I'm just going to let you in on something. You people are my crowd. Yeah, yeah, I like being around God's people. I, I don't have anybody else waiting for me. We get done tonight to be able to go and hang around and pile around with. I mean, I'm here with you people. We are every week, just about every week out of the God allows us to travel. We get to go to churches all across this country, and we get to be with people. Amen. I like being around God people. Hallelujah. And, and, and unfortunately, I've seen some people that come to church, but they got another crowd that they want to hang around with after the church is over. Hey, hey. Be careful who you hang around. We get on young people and teenagers, peer pressure and the people that they hang around. What about mom and dad? Oh, I got quiet there. Amen. We, well, we're older. We're wiser. We can handle it. Really? Can you? I mean, it's amazing us as human beings how we get influenced by the people that we hang around. I heard a study one time. Now, don't flame all right, I'm going, to get, I'm going to mention politics, but I ain't going to get political. All right, I heard a study one time that they took a staunch liberal Democrat and a very staunch conservative Republican person in their thinking, took one of each, and they gave them money to be able to sit at a desk all day long and put on headphones and listen to the opposing side's argument for 30 days. Five days a week for 30 days, it was their job to sit there as the conservative listen to the liberal side and the liberal side, Democrat side, listen to the Republican side and not say anything, not do anything, just listen to speech after speech and Pundit after pundit for the opposite side and paid them money to do it. You say, man, that's a piece of cake. Then by the time the 30 days were over, they had them take a survey before they started to know what they believe and had them take a survey after they believe. And they found out that by the time it was over, both sides were starting to switch places. You know why? Because what they were listening because what they were hanging around. They start allowing things to influence them. You say, would never happen to me. Really? We're emotional creatures. We become who we hang around. 
And I choose to hang around God's people. Amen. Long before you forsake the house of God, you'll kick godly vessels out of your life. And you won't hang around God's people anymore. You'll hang around those that don't believe like God wants you to believe. We see that the vessels were taken out so the enemy could move it. Look at the, look at the next one. Second to last one here, going from bottom to top. Not only the vessels, but it also says the frankincense was taken out. Now, frankincense is a picture of prayer in the Word of God. Is that preacher? Well, frankincense is what they had burning around the altar in the tabernacle and the temple that was offered up all day long unto the Lord as they burned that in the sanctuary. And that is a picture of the prayers we need to pray unto God. The Bible tells us that we need to pray without ceasing. Amen. We need to do that. Hey, we just preached on it last night on prayer. I mentioned to you there in Luke chapter number 18 how that we ought always to pray and not faint. The Bible also says in Luke chapter number 21 verse number 36, Watch ye therefore and pray always that ye may be counted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Hey, we need to make sure that we keep prayer in our lives long before you allow the enemy to move in and long before you forsake the house of God you'll kick prayer out of your life your prayer time won't be as important to you anymore your prayer time will be pushed off to the side you won't have that closet time of prayer with just you and God oh you a prayer every now and then but you won't have that quality time praying to the Lord long before you forsake the house of God you'll kick prayer and allow the enemy to come in but then we come to the last one of my list and the first one of the list here in verse number 5 the Bible says here where aforetime they laid the meat offerings now I'll be honest with you, whenever I read this passage of Scripture and got to the meat offerings, Brother Miller, I was like, hallelujah, bring on the T-bone steak. Amen. I like when I go home to be able to smoke meat. All right, I got to make sure that I put that in there. My dad is here tonight. My mom's here tonight. Try to let them know what I smoke. It's, it's meat, all right? Okay, not camels, nothing else like that. Amen. <clears throat> and I have a at the house. I enjoy doing things like I love putting a brisket on it. Glory to God. Ribs. Uh, get a big old, get, get a pork shoulder and put on there. I mean chicken all that kind of stuff. I love, I, 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 I've had different smokers in my life. Um, I've had different smokers. What does that sound like? I've had different smokers in my life. Uh, I've, had, I've had the old charcoal smokers um, that I first started out on. Um, then I graduated up to a propane smoker had the burner on the bottom and then it was a, it was a vertical one and had, um, had uh, some, uh, some places to put the wood and then a water pan and then you could put all the stuff in it. Well, now I've graduated to a pellet smoker. And I'm telling you what, those things are they're cheating is what they are. I'm telling you what, you literally set it and forget it. I mean, it's electric. I, now, mine don't have Wi-Fi and Bluetooth. Some of them out there do. One of these days I'll graduate to that, but... Those cost a little bit more money than what I have right now. But, uh, but that man, man, I'm telling you, when you put that meat in there, set the temperature, 
let that thing go, that fan and that, that firebox just does the work for you. Every once in a while you just got to check it and make sure the internal temperature of the probe is where you want it to be. But I'm telling you, I like to smoke meat. So when I got here, Brother Miller, to the meat offering, I thought, glory to God, here we go. We're going to get some ribs. Then I started researching what the meat offering was. And it isn't meat like we think of whatsoever. Now, I ain't going to have time to be able to go through all this, but if you were to tonight, you can go look at this later on tonight. If you were to go to Leviticus chapter number 2, and you were to read verses 1 through 16, you would find out what the meat offering was back in the Old Testament. It wasn't meat whatsoever. It was bread. That's what it was. So I said, Lord, what in the world does this have to do with us kicking something out for the house of God. Well, then I started looking at the ingredients of this bread. The Bible says, you can look it up later on, that the ingredients consisted of flour. It would either be beaten grain or beaten corn that they would use for this flour. They would also use oil to be able to put into this concoction to be able to make this bread for this meat offering. Not only that, but they even frankincense. Go back and read it. You say, preacher, I don't know if I'd eat something with frankincense. I'm just telling you. What, go read Leviticus chapter number 2. They put frankincense in to be able to make this bread for this meat offering. Then there was even special instructions on how they were to bake or to put this bread together. They were to bake it or fry it by fire. That means it had to be put in the fire in order for this bread to be right for them to offer it as a meat offering. By the way, this bread had to be unleavened bread. There could be yeast in it. There could be nothing in it that would make it rise artificially. It was unleavened bread. And then if you also would study Leviticus chapter number 2, you would find out whatever was left over from the they gave unto the servants of God, the priests, for them to be able to eat. And it was nourishment for them. You say, preacher, what does that have to do with you and me? Well, may I say that there has been one that was beaten for you and for me. Not only was he beaten, but he had the Spirit of God, the oil, inside of him. He is the one that has frankincense. He offers prayers for us even now continually at the right hand of the throne of God. Oh, he was beaten and tried in the fire for you and for me, there is no sin in him. No leaven will be found in this person. And he has more than enough left over to be able to feed any servant of God that comes unto him. This meat offering is a picture of the Lamb, the Lord Jesus Christ. And may I say, child of God, long before you forsake the house of God, you kick Jesus out of your life. Long before you decide to leave his house, you've decided to take Jesus and put him on the back burner. 
never to listen to him again. Because if you did, you'd be present in his house. But since you decided to go your own way, you've kicked the meat offering out and allowed the devil to come in. Hey, may I remind you that you cannot have Satan and Jesus dwell in the same house. Can't happen. Can't happen. The Bible tells us that, that these are contrary the one to the other. And we, if we're going to get us to the place where we allow the enemy to come in, we're going to kick the lovely Savior out of our house. I'm going to say this and I'm done and I'll do this quickly. You say, preacher, if I have found that I have some of those things in my life, how do I deal with it? Look at this. The Bible tells us. Look at verse number 7 again. It says, and I came to Jerusalem and understood of the evil that Eliashib did. Number one, you've got to realize there's a problem. You've got to realize that you've kicked some things out. Whenever Nehemiah showed up, he said, there's a problem. And he made them realize that there was. Not only that, look at verse number 8. It says, and it grieved me sore. You've got to have a repentant spirit if you're going to get back on track and allow God to get your life Again, it grieved him. So there's some people recognize there's a problem, but they don't have any feelings about it whatsoever. It's got to bother you. It's got to bother you, church, that God isn't here. It's got to bother you, church, that, 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 that God isn't in your life and you're following him. It says it grieved him sore. Look at the rest of verse number 8. Therefore I cast forth all the household stuff of Tobiah out of the chamber. You got to reclaim the space for the. After you recognize there's a problem and it grieves you, you got to throw the enemy out. It says here that he cleansed it. Look at verse number nine. It says, Then I commanded, cleansed the chambers. He said, I'm going to clean house. I'm going to get the things out that aren't supposed to be there. Amen. We see he reclaimed the space for the Lord. And then it says in verse number nine, he cleansed the chamber and thither brought I again. The vessels of the house of God with the meat offering and the frankincense. He replenished the things that were supposed to be there. If you want God to be in your life again, you got to get Jesus back in. You got to get the people of God back in. You got to get prayer. You got to get the Word of God back in. We see here that He replenished with spiritual things. Then look at verse number 10. And I perceived that the portions of the Levites had not been given them, for the Levites and the singers that did the work were fled everyone to his field. Because they have a in the house of God, the Levites and the singers left. But when he started putting everything back to the verses, they all came back and were able to do what they were called to do. So you must restore the usefulness of the up. You've got to make sure that they're in your life and that you're using them for the cause of Christ. Hey, child of God, get close to this book. Child of God, start your prayer life back up again. Child of God, stop walking in the flesh and let the Spirit of God take over. Child of God, start hanging with godly people again. Amen. And we could go get godly worship back in. We could go down each one. 
make sure that you have Jesus as the center of your life. Hey, long before you forsake the house of God, you say, preacher, won't happen to me. Really? There's some that sat on these pews that probably said the same thing. And guess what? They're not here tonight. So how about we just do a spiritual health checkup and see what you've allowed to kick out of your life. And you've just given space for the enemy to come in. And next thing you know, you won't even be sitting in the house of God. All because you've kicked those things out of your life. How about we let God do the cleanup and everything will be all right if we just keep Him, number one. Let's stand, please, with our heads bowed.